Welcome everybody to the Mastery Mindset Podcast, episode four. I am your host, Steven Javruski, here with my guy, Enzen Azari. Enzen, how we doing? It's another good week. <laughs> another good week, man. Yeah, um, I heard you had a, you had quite the week so far. Yeah, uh, I've massively leveled up, you know, physically and financially in the past month. Um, I'm on a track to pay off all my student loan debt and probably cash flow my way through grad school. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty exciting. That's big moves. That's big moves. <laughs> yeah, it came out of nowhere too, but we'll take what we can get. Honestly, and I saw something the other day said that um, like pretty much all success is a lagging indicator of all the things you were doing for the months, days, weeks, months, years leading up to it. So it's not, it It seems like it comes out of nowhere, but it's, it's truly not. And something we're going to get into um, later on, but the work you've put in the image you have gets you that um get you those opportunities that come to you yeah and you know bit by bit you just build it and you don't even know when it's gonna like you said lagging indicator on an exponential curve like the the part where it really shoots up it shoots up fast and mm-hmm. the parts where it doesn't it shoots up very slow oh yeah it's like yeah really it goes really really slow and then all at once that's the great thing, you know, math. You you teach math, yeah, so. Yeah. I'm very familiar <laughs> but with yeah, so what was what was the um the big news like um for your like career personal wise recently? So you know I've basically went back to teaching. I'm doing it part time, um, and one thing that's pretty cool about that is, on top of all the other obligations and and income streams and everything, I've just hit the the ninety two thousand mark. So, you know, I didn't expect to make anything close to that um, prior to graduating with my master's and Mm. going into private practice. So to have this at the beginning, like this is before I've even really like in my mind achieved anything. Mm. So having, you know, access to this much um, capital opens up a lot of opportunities for me to, you know, level up my life in a lot of different ways. I'm doing work that I find meaningful and it's something that very very grateful for and like you said it was like you know building all those relationships in the past um you know creating that image of my best self um managing impressions of myself because i do care how i'm perceived Mm -hmm. and then i was ultimately just exposed to all these opportunities that you know people are going out of their way to provide me so you know very blessed very grateful and we're gonna keep going (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome bro yeah man definitely um, happy for you happy to see the success obviously you know not the not the end end all be all but every every little you know success along the way I definitely believe in celebrating um, something I do with my clients is any wins no matter how big or small you need to celebrate mm-hmm. um, we have this notion or at least you know I was kind of taught it through society or whatnot about you know oh you're not there yet so don't don't Humble sell yourself yeah, yeah, humble yourself. It's like, no, man, you need to you need to celebrate things, and you need to um, you need to get those those positive reinforcements to yourself because you know we are our biggest critic, but we also need to be our biggest cheerleader mm-hmm. in times when you have those successes. That way, you you know you feel that fulfillment because we we work hard, we have these these long term goals, this long term vision, and it's you know it can feel a little bit you know, monotonous, a little lonely in the journey, the journey, the grind, but, you know, celebrating the successes when they do come, um, is super important. But yeah, man, the last couple of weeks for me has been 
lot of ups, a lot of downs, but it's, you know, life's a roller coaster. So you gotta, you know, we can't really get off the ride. And so you have to, you have to roll with it a little bit, but something that happened this week for me, um, I talked with a friend of mine. Um, he's recently, he's recently like going through like a breakup, but he's doing mm-hmm. a lot better now. Okay. Um, you know, we're, we're older, we're late twenties, early thirties type vibe so you know we've been through a little bit of life and you know because you know when the first time you deal with any sort of heartbreak or relationship issues oh it's awful it's brutal you think the sky is falling how am i ever going to find someone again all that but for for him he is doing a lot better and um he actually talked to me he came over yesterday and we talked about a conversation he and i had a couple years ago it was actually during the pandemic where he was going through a little bit of like mental health issues. Um, it had been for a while, but really hadn't gotten, his, his life wasn't in a space where he wanted it to be. So I don't even remember this conversation that we had, but he, when he mentioned it to me, it was, you know, kind of illuminated like, wow, like it, it's, sometimes you just need to communicate things to people in a way that they can understand it. Yeah. So he, my friend, he's a really big car guy and for him, he loves cars, like old cars, new cars, trucks, muscle cars, the whole the whole gamut. Um, and what I told him, apparently, because like I said, I don't remember the conversation. What I told him a couple of years ago was um, we were talking about you know how he was doing mental health and whatnot. And the way I described it to him was that the signs, the negative signs and symptoms that you might be going through is like, you know, on your, your dashboard of your car, the little, the little lights, the yeah. tire pressure light, the check engine light. All of mine are on at the moment. <laughs> and when those are on, you know, I, I made this mistake when I was younger. I was like 16, 17. The tire pressure light came on. I was like, oh, that's a pretty light. <laughs> <laughs> Service pass due. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty light. And, you know, weeks, months go by. And then, what do you know? I'm driving on a flat tire. Not, yeah, not, not the best. So I learned then that you shouldn't ignore those. You should not ignore those lights. They're up there to help you, to give you a sign that, hey, something needs your attention. And when I described mental health like that to him, it find, like it actually clicked in his mind that, wow, my check engine light's on. I need to address this. And that urgency that he, you know, he completely, you know, switched up his lifestyle, switched up his habits, and you know, for lack of a better term, like, like, got his shit together. And it's, you know, definitely been carrying over year over year. And it's been, you know, it's been, been a good journey. But I feel like a lot of people don't look at physical health, mental health in that regard where it requires urgency and planning and execution and we can't just let it let it sit let it simmer and i found that that like i said i didn't even remember the conversation but when he said it to me i'm like yeah that's that's very true you need to you need to treat it like a check engine lights on yeah and like you say alarm like anxiety is literally the brain's alarm system Mm -hmm. depression is like an alarm system it signals that something is not right whether it's you know uh, physiologically or maybe it's something practical in your life that's causing you a lot of stress mm-hmm. and so yeah meeting people where they are and explaining it in ways they can understand is really how you're ultimately going to get them to actually change their behavior 
because you know you could use academic language all you want if someone's like deeply depressed because their because their significant other dumped them like that's not really helpful <laughs> yeah i had a physics teacher in high school and i could tell this man was a genius like he just he understood mm -hmm. all this really complex scientific stuff but um yeah i did okay in the i did fine in the class i think i ended up getting an a but as far as like a teacher like he didn't explain it the best even though he was a genius mm -hmm. like that it's just funny how communication is it, it's its own skill yeah um i read well no does, does listening to audiobooks count as reading books I don't even. I don't even know. I don't think so. So I I listened to You're consuming uh, content. Yeah, I guess so. So I listened to it was a couple of years ago. I listened to Obama's book. I think it was called The Promised Land, mm -hmm. and he talked about communication to where because he's one of the best orators of all time, um, especially like public figures, politicians, whatnot. And he talked about how communication. It's not about how well you understand it, like you said. It's about how well you can get the other person to understand it. And if you can't communicate in a way where they receive it. Um, no matter how smart you are, you're really not going to have the impact that you would want to have, especially if you're in those those high-level positions. So, yeah, I definitely am trying to make sure I keep strengthening that muscle of communication and tailoring it to the individual person rather than just being like... Because like in sports, there's like coaches they'll come into a team with they have their own philosophy like in basketball or football like oh we run this defense or we run this offense but your team might not the player personnel might not be like in a in the best position to run that scheme if you want to run a lot of deep passes but you have in football but you don't have fast receivers a strong arm quarterback and an offensive line that can protect why are you doing that that's that doesn't right. fit the team it's i look at communication the same way if you have oh this is my style i'm either super like aggressive or i do this style or this style but the the clients you're talking to the people in, in the audience or whoever you're addressing if they're not going to be able to receive it what are you what are you actually doing stroking your ego maybe <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's a little bit of like self-importance i guess yeah it's it's like you said with the teacher example i was actually at the school i, I started out i was talking to the program director and she said that they actually let a, a physics teacher go because the way they taught was like this is how it is if you don't understand it it's because you're not meant to understand it <laughs> which is a horrible a horrible wow. like yeah that's a horrible mindset to come from as someone who's supposed to be an educator right mm -hmm. um and it's it's interesting because like with communication funny enough the way to communicate better is actually by talking less it's by listening more mm. it's by having those like are you able to empathize with someone before they even say a word or are you able to like if you're for example in a sales role and you're talking to someone you have to anticipate what their journey looked like before they ever even spoke to you so that you can you know um, figure out like how to speak to that specific person or how to say things that will make them go oh this person understands yeah. And, you know, you can't really communicate to someone without knowing who they are or knowing some, some key information about them. Absolutely. Um, I One of the things that resonates well with a lot of my clients is they, <clears throat> the concepts of like anxiety, overthinking, depression, sadness, whatever it might be, um, they <clears throat> are general, but they can be very specific in 
because like anxiety is like an umbrella there's like yeah social anxiety like relationship anxiety there's other there's other like subsets yeah of it and you need to understand what the individual person what their story is what how it manifests in their life um because whenever i go into conversations where i need to I always try to understand people's perspectives because my perspective is definitely not the only one. In the past, I had a lot of trouble, like, because I'm an only child. I had a little bit of, <laughs> I had a, it, it was, it wasn't too bad, but I had some trouble understanding other people's perspectives. That's grown as I've, you know, grown, yeah. matured, whatnot. But like you said, you need to ask questions and talk less, at least in the beginning. That yeah. way you get an understanding of what, they're saying where they're coming from because if you don't and you're just talking the other person can kind of feel that and they they just they catch the vibe of like oh yeah they might understand this topic but like do they understand me yeah like imagine if you looked into a therapist's office and before you said anything about your situation they were already just diagnosing you with stuff you'd be like this is a terrible experience this is making my mental health worse yeah <laughs> this is making me skeptical of the whole mental health field in general yeah it's like they're labeling they're talking at you, not yeah. like talking to you. That self-importance that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's Mental health is it's something that's been around, obviously, for a long time. But it is funny how, like, especially more traditional cultures, older people in general, it wasn't, it wasn't a thing to them. So they, they just don't even think, they don't even really think twice about why they are the way that they are or they just accept it yeah it might be a luxury belief to to be able to actually think about well why do i feel this way or what were the causes that led me to become the way i am and it's like i don't think that older generations or a lot of other cultures have that luxury to sit there and think about like how they feel or why they feel the way they do or things like that so in a way it might be a luxury that we get to to do this yeah, I mean, was it the, the like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's your mental well-being. You could argue that it's pretty, you know, pretty fundamental. I would say it's pretty fundamental. Obviously, your survival and whatnot. Well, yeah, able to sustain yourself is like number one. But right after that, like the things that are meaningful to people are our relationships, our experiences, how we feel on a day-to-day basis. All of that is encompassed by mental health, and if you don't, if you don't have a plan for that, it's it can really, really lead you down either like a dark path, or it can just it doesn't even have to be that extreme. You could just always feel like something's off. You could oh, never, never quite get to the place where you want to and feel about yourself and have the relationships you want to have but if you don't address the things that you have going on it doesn't it it doesn't ever resolve itself and you're just kind of like helpless you feel like oh i don't i don't know what to do and then you just get sad yeah it's the self-awareness is like a superpower if you have it um especially if you can catch yourself in the act like it's a rare person that they can experience depression and they can look outside, like with the check engine light. The reason that we can look at it so easily in that perspective is because the car is separate from us. Yes. When we are the car and the check engine light comes on, are you self-aware enough to be like, wait a minute, the check engine light is on, something needs to be changed. No, people go, 
they, they lean into those thoughts and those feelings of like, oh, well, maybe I am a piece of shit. <laughs> or maybe I am worthless. Or maybe I am too, uh, you know, uh, poor, broke, uh, short, whatever the phrase is, right? Maybe I am all of these things. Or maybe this is going to lead me to a less uh, desirable life. But whenever you're able to kind of like detach from your feelings, and but not in like a, a suppressive way, but you actually can see it from how a third party may see it. Mm. That's when you can actually make some progress and, and, and changing the behavior and, you know, metaphorically going to the mechanic. That's what, what you're describing is, is in a way mindfulness. It's being able to like, I think I made a, I think I made a, a reel on it. It's where there's an analogy about mindfulness and thoughts and emotions as it's like you're in the pool or the or in the ocean and there's beach balls like floating across like in front of you like those are your thoughts and emotions mm. they're there but they don't define you they exist in in your reality but they don't necessarily define you and one of the things i was talking with my friend about last night was a lot of people think i've definitely felt this in the past where i just thought this is how i am and there's no way I can, there's no way I can fix it. There's no way I can fight it. The anxiety is too strong or I just overthink. So yeah, you told, you told yourself that you've tried everything already. Yeah. And a lot of times that's, you, we're lying to ourselves when we say yeah. that it's, it's because it's, it's either we, we think it's too hard or we don't know what to do. Yeah. So we give up. We don't keep going after it. Or maybe giving up the identity that you're hopeless is scarier than um, the work that you need to put in. Like, imagine if you think for sure, I've tried everything. I have, you know, anxiety or depression or, um, or I'm on the spectrum or whatever, whatever it is. A lot of people will say that and hold on to that identity. And they will argue to the death with you that they are, like, unfixable. They can't live the life that they want uh, because giving that up. And having no clue is scarier than um, what they're experiencing at that moment. Yeah. It's also, I guess there's a level of, especially with, you know, mental, mental health and mental illness. One of the things they taught us in, in grad school was like labeling people can be a tricky thing because whether it be something like, you know, OCD PTSD, anxiety, ADHD, people latch on to those diagnoses or conditions as an identity, which is incredibly bad. <laughs> That's not good mm -hmm. to just, oh, this is me. Like I, you know, I don't know what episode I'll actually tell the full story, but for a while I had intense PTSD and intense anxiety, but it wasn't like, you know, I knew I had them and was affected by them, but it wasn't a, well, this is, it, it's, it, I didn't use it as an excuse for why I wasn't successful in certain areas or why I couldn't succeed. It, it was just something that I was dealing with that I was taking the steps to improve on. You know, it was hard, but it's, I guess it's also like people need to, they're afraid to accept that they can change it. They just are bad at it right now. And there's a long way to go. Yeah. Healing is a skill set. <laughs> yeah. And 
you know, one of the things I talked about with my friend yesterday was that, you know, the first time he went through a breakup, the, you know, the relationship and his, the time in his life was, was really bad for like a year. And now like he kind of felt not great for a couple of weeks and he's, you know, not every day is perfect now, but he already has the skill set. He are like, he already did it. Yeah. Like, you know, with, with any business or any product or service, one of the, the reason why testimonials are so effective is because people look at them and be like, oh, this person's just like me. They're in the exact same situation as me. They used this product, this service, what have you, and they were able to get the result that I want. Why can't I do it as well? Yeah, they're like selling themselves, handling objections themselves. Exactly. But in, in this case, he had already been through a similar situation. Like, not, not like I had been through it and he observed it. He did. And there's a level of confidence that comes with that experience that people just, they feel way more at ease about it. And it like the overthinking and the self-doubt can only go so far when you have experience that tells you otherwise. Like one of the things with overthinking was, I think I, I did, I definitely did a reel on it called Socrates, like triple filter test. Number one is when you ever have, when you have something that you're telling yourself, just ask it if it's true. And a lot of times, like 90 something percent of the time, things you're telling yourself aren't even true. You're just, you're, you're lying to yourself and it's ambiguous. So it's just like, oh, I don't know. Like you start to create that narrative but once you make it real and are like, oh, what do you, well, oh, well, you're, you're hopeless. You're never going to find anybody again. I just, I, I did, I already did this and yeah. I did find somebody and all the worst fear, cause it all comes down to fear. All my worst fears were not realized. So like overthinking voice, you can shut up. You're wrong. Like you're actually wrong. Yeah. And the way that you can tell if it's actually wrong that is like, cause I, you know, I used to tell myself all sorts of things. And then sometimes I would say things like that, like, oh, you're never gonna amount to anything. And then I would be like, is this true? And then I would try to tell myself yes. And instantly you feel like a cognitive dissonance. Like, bro, mm -hmm. that's not realistic. Like, like, you know, I, I talk to, to people who have a lot of shame. They carry a lot of shame about, um, you know, they're like, oh, someone like me can't go back to school. Someone like me can't do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why not? And, and they literally struggle to give you a reason. And the more that they say it, the more they can already, it's like their brain is like malfunctioning, trying to like incorporate reality into their opinions. Yeah. It becomes like a, I don't know if it's like a self, uh, confirmation bias. Like you, like, oh, well, I don't, I don't think I can do this, so I'm going to find all the reasons why. Yeah, you're going to find the information that will support your... It's kind of like what's happening with a lot of the, you know, like the darker parts of the like the male internet space. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, they'll be like, I'm too ugly to get a girlfriend. It's like, do you not see that dude over there? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You could find anyone with any, you know, negative characteristic and they have achieved the thing that you want. Yeah. And if you know that deep down, that's why you feel so weird... Like, you can't say, is this true, and then say yes. You just won't have that, de you'll, that cognitive dissonance is too strong. Mm-hmm. The, one of the, I remember him saying this, one of the things that Hafiz, uh, Hafiz Balku, the, you know, co-founder of The Standard, 
talked about how he wanted to have a guy, like a man from mm-hmm. every ethnic background, every part of the country, eventually every part of like the world, mm-hmm. like every socioeconomic status, every family upbringing, and have support them and and unite them together to where they're all successful. That way, someone can look at look and find someone like them and see that they can win. Like one of the things that you know, I didn't understand it at the time because I was like twelve. But like when uh like when Obama got elected president, yeah, a lot of black people saw that as like a wow, you, I can actually make it. I can actually make it to the top. Not oh, I can run or I can do this. A lot of limiting beliefs because you yeah. never seen it, you never saw it. Yeah. But when you actually see it and it's real, you start to believe it a little bit, and. Yeah, it's there's something to that being able to, you know, see somebody else who's succeeding in it as well. But now our mind, when we keep it up here in our head, it plays tricks on us. I don't there's I have a lot of I've done a lot of research and I have like theories as to why we do that. But it, it's crazy. The um, I know one of the topics that we talked about before recording was these these cognitive these processes these these psychological habits that we have are they not only influence our our behavioral habits and patterns but it can really it can really put us at a, a disadvantage to achieving anything that we want to or do even just enjoying life like the what you said earlier about you know a lot of us struggle to give ourselves credit um, and part of that is because like you said, the psychological habit, like I know I've experienced in the past where I had the, well, when I achieve X, I can feel good. Or, mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is it, X never shows up because there's always, you know, more money to make. There's always more people to meet. Yep. There's always, like, there's, it's just uh, the hedonic treadmill. And so... The hedonic treadmill. Tell, tell the people about what that is. <laughs> that's just pure degeneracy. Basically where you... You base you base your level of satisfaction or your you derive meaning from maximizing pleasure, and so mm. what happens is you can never fully maximize pleasure, so you're constantly chasing pleasure. So you're on what you know we call the hedonic treadmill, mm. and so when you're on the hedonic treadmill, or even let's say you're not pursuing like pleasure, but you are trying to achieve a goal that you want to achieve, but you're fueling yourself with shame. And so when you feel yourself with shame, you're never going to be humble enough to accept the, the opportunities that you're given and appreciate them for what they are. And so for the example, like for me, it used to be money. Like I was like, Oh, when I hit five grand a month, I'll be chilling. Um, cause that's like, you know, 60 K a year. That's more than I made before. That's blah, blah, blah. Then I'm like, okay, well 10 grand a month. Mm-hmm. And then at that point I was like, this doesn't feel much better. <laughs> um, you know, it feels a little bit better for a very short period of time, but then you realize you have to live with yourself and you have to decide, okay, am I going to keep running on this treadmill? Cause there's always a bigger number, but, um, what I actually did in my brain that I didn't realize, and it took me so long to unlearn was that I created what he, what Steven said is a psychological habit of always delaying when I was allowed to feel okay about myself. It never ends if you don't catch yourself. And so mm-hmm. being able to catch myself and allow myself to actually celebrate my achievements will actually allow you to achieve more in the long run. Because you'll achieve more 
with purpose than you will with shame. That's a bar right there. One of the quotes I actually posted in the standard chat a couple weeks ago is when a man has a lack of purpose, he will settle for pleasure. Mm -hmm. He'll settle for going after pleasure. And something that you said about delaying, delaying happiness and feeling good about things, I think it connects a little bit to what we talked about last episode with when you're like the gifted kid syndrome, when you're really, you know, intellectually mm -hmm. um, advanced at a younger age, it's ex you're expected to to reach goals. You're expected to do well. Mm -hmm. So successes, those are it's just par for the course. Of course, I was going to get there. Oh, you you only got a ninety five. You got a ninety five last week. Why is it not a hundred? Yeah, and then when you hit it, you hit those goals. Which you know are good goals. Like you know, once you get to five k months, like okay, well, I'm, I have a level of stability. Hit to hit ten k months, it's like oh, I'm I'm doing really well. But it doesn't. It's not a it's not a fix for everything. Um, I think we we've talked about this. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast yet. But um, like the a lot of guys, especially in the manosphere and all that, mm -hmm. it's money and muscles. Just get get your money up. Game. Yeah. Hit, game. Hit, hit the gym, and you're gonna be happy. But, you know, you do need to learn to have a better relationship with yourself. Like in my, in my fitness journey, I'm about a little over three years going to the gym consistently. I just finished my cut. I was going to do it a couple more weeks, but I'm, I've been cutting since July, July 10th. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a hot minute. I'm not going to gain more muscle. <laughs> but I, as, I, as I improve and as I get a better physique, the people I compare myself to change and it resets my baseline to where I'm like still lower on the totem pole. And it's, we move the goalposts for ourselves constantly. We don't, we don't appreciate the things that we should because you know, the, the times you're living in today are the times that you prayed for and that you wished for and hoped mm -hmm. for days, months, weeks, years ago. And I feel like we need to do, especially as men, we got to do a better job of celebrating. We don't, we don't, we don't celebrate the small wins. And because of that, it, it leads to, there was, there was something I was, it's a, it's a document that I saved on my phone. It was about leadership mm -hmm. and how, when you're a leader, when you're then like a manager, your role, or you're responsible for people and on your team or whatnot. They have one of the rules, it's for every one like criticism or um, negative reinforcement you give somebody, you need five positives. Hmm. And this is for other people in order to give them, in order for them to feel like you're supporting them and they feel appreciated. And I think I know the answer to it because I know for myself, would you say that, that you give five positive affirmations to yourself for every criticism? In the past, absolutely not. <laughs> Maybe now. I, for me, it's definitely not now. I, I still, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so hard on myself, and I'm better, way better than I used to be. I'm yeah. going to continue to get better. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard for us to, to celebrate, to allow ourselves to feel good. And a lot of, one of the big fallacies that we fall into is that if we allow ourselves to feel good, then, oh, we'll stop. Mm -hmm. We'll get comfortable. Burning your insecurity and shame as fuel. 
Yep. And if it's your only fuel source, it will stop. Yeah, something that um, uh, I won't disclose who this person is, but there's somebody um, that I've you know that I'm acquainted with that you know is a little bit anxious, a little bit, a little a lot anxious, um, is a bit like neurotic about some things, and because of that, they, you know, we'll use an example like this. Let's say you're 300 pounds and you want to lose weight, you want to get fit you don't like the way you look okay cool so you find a way of doing things you count your calories you go to the gym consistently etc and you know slowly but surely over time you reach those goals but you don't you have a little bit of body dysmorphia still and you feel like and throughout the process you get obsessed you get very you have to count every calorie you cannot miss a workout if you go up a couple pounds, you freak out a little mm -hmm. bit and then you might, you just, you overreact to it. It's okay. I no cheat meals, no this, no that. And then, you know, someone could, you, this could be five years from now. Someone objectively looks like looks at you and objectively goes, or you look good. Like, why are you doing all this? Yeah. Why do you constantly feel like if you if if you slip up a little bit just one time that up oh, you're going to be back that 300 pound person again who is in a bad space we sometimes we we use that like you said that that shame and we make rules for ourselves that okay well because what got me here was this i need to always be like that yeah and it's like a paradox because uh so let's use like the weight example, right? If you're like 300 pounds and you want to lose weight, you probably need to be around people that are working out pretty regularly and mm -hmm. they're already killing it. And uh, if you're always around those people, even if you do lose the weight, you're still going to be comparing yourself to them. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the way to make 10 grand a month is to hang out with people making like 50 to 100 because they'll put you on game. Yep. But then when you hit 10 grand a month, you can't even appreciate it because you're like, well, these guys make 50 to 100. It's yep. like... In order to even get to where you are, you have to be around those people. But the trick is to not compare yourself to those people once mm -hmm. you get there. Yep. Which is very difficult to do. It is very difficult. And a lot of the things that, you know, the, the things I, you know, prescribe other people or um, suggest, it's a lot of it's out of, you know, knowledge that I've gained, but a lot of it's experience to where I, I try my absolute best to practice what I preach. That way I can, you know, act as congruent as possible. That way I can, you know, provide the best, you know, service to people that I can. And it's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm very much, um, it's funny, at my, at my job the other day, they had, um, like, as a school counselor at a high school in the Orlando area, and we were, had, like, a counselor meeting, and... Um, one of the things, it was like an icebreaker event thing, and I was, I got to talking about just kind of like my style as like, as a counselor, and I'm a straight shooter. I will, I, I, I'll say, I'm not like rude at all. Like, I'm, I, I know my way around the minefields, and I can, I, Which, I, by I, the way, there's a lot. There's a lot, yeah, especially in education, corporate America, etc. But, I still say what needs to be said. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. I'm not going to um, 
to BS you at all. And it's going to be things that I know are true because I've helped other people with it. I've helped myself with it. And that, that, that realness, it's, it's necessary. You have to be, you have to be real with yourself, but also when, but in, in being real with yourself is acknowledging the faults, but it's acknowledging the positives as well and not getting lost in the negatives because yeah, going back to my, my own fitness journey, like I look so much better than I looked and I feel, and I'm way more healthier than I have been previously. You know, the people I compare myself to change, obviously, like yeah. we just described, but you don't have to feel this way anymore. We talked about, it, I think on the second episode of the podcast where I was like at um, one of the UCF tailgates and the position I was in years ago and how I felt I didn't feel that way recently because I've done a lot of work on myself. I am in a different place of life and I don't have to feel that way. And, you know, I think part of that comes with, we don't, we don't like to connect to everything. We don't celebrate, but we also don't, we have these like guardrails up for ourselves. Like, Oh, if I get off track, like the new, like the cars now, like I got a, um, a new car last year, the Hyundai Kona. And it has one of those, Things where if you drift at all in the lane, like it, it beeps Screams. at you. Yeah, it yells at you. I remember. Yeah, so <laughs> it yells at you. And those, it's a perfect representation of sometimes the rules we have for ourselves in order to, oh, in order to achieve this result, I have to be this neurotic. I have to be on lookout for this, like, oh, like bad Steven. He's always lurking in the shadows, waiting to pull me into his grasp. No, he's not. <laughs> he's not. The only thing that's going to get you to revert back to what you originally were is if you stop doing the things that you've been doing. And if you, you know, if you make such a big change in your life, chances are you have all new habits, all new processes. Things are just, you fundamentally changed how you, how you do things. And you don't need to like, constantly be hyper vigilant for for that and you know when you're fueled by that that shame that hating yourself um that fear it a lot it reinforces that neuroticism that anxiety to feel emboldened to oh yeah i need to control your life when it's just not the case yeah that need to control is actually like what holds you back from even getting what you want in the first place like, yeah you will burn out Especially for something like weight. Like, if you're losing weight um, and your only motivation is to look good for a specific reason, once that reason's gone, then it back to the drive-thru. Yeah. It's, I was actually talking about it with um, one of my other friends. Um, her and her fiancé are doing 75 hard. And what are you talking about? I've been checking in with her just because I'm very into health and fitness as well. Just yeah. Friends. Um, and I... Just been talking a lot about just how like well like yeah like how are you doing but like how do you like feel like mm. mentally physically whatnot and she kind of was joke she said like really good and she was um and, and what I said to her probably I'm like honestly that's that's actually like that's the most important part and she replied back she's like um joking of course she's like no Stephen we obviously know that being hot is most important <laughs> all those other things are secondary right and what a lot of people you know myself included with working out or anything losing weight what have you 
you start for like the aesthetic part of it but as you do it for a long period of time it stays for how you feel physically how you feel mentally and it's not just for that result like you talked about because once you have that result and you put all this importance on oh once i once i'm here i'll be happy it's just not it's not true it's not you you'll feel it for a little bit but you want to you want to do more yeah and also like there's a there's a interesting balance between delaying gratification and just uh not enjoying life <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and it's tough because when you first start you know the way I am with a lot of things that I get into is I kind of get a little, I don't know if obsessed is the right word. It might be, <laughs> but I go, I go down the rabbit hole a little bit. I need to like, then I need to correct myself. And like with the fitness example, I was very much for a period of time, like on a cut where I'm like, I need to track everything. But like once I proved to myself that I could do it, it's like, yeah. okay, I can relax. I can relax a little bit. Yeah. Once the system's built, it's easy to go back if you go off track. Like, yes. If you don't have a system, yeah, like, because you can lose a lot of weight just with, like, basic um, calorie restriction. Yeah. But if you don't have, like, specific foods that you know you can eat or that makes sense for your uh, daily caloric intake, it's very easy for, like, one meal to be, like, 1,500 calories. Yeah. It's, ama it's amazing how, how easy you can slip up with that, which kind of, you know, justifies that that neuroticism of yeah. oh i need to be on top of it i need to be like hyper fixated and hyper vigilant on all the things that could possibly be wrong and it's you know maybe in the beginning you need to be you need to be aware yeah you need to be aware that's when that obsession you need to be obsessed yeah you need to be yeah you need to be aware and you need to be vigilant but it doesn't need to it's not the rule forever it's not it's meant it you know, I think one of the, um, I forget who, who was, it? I think Hormozy, Alex Hormozy talked about it where in the beginning, you got to use what you got. If you have that shame, you have that fear, you have yeah. that self-hate. Okay. Well, if it's going to spur you into action, use it. Yeah. But it's not sustainable fuel. Dr. K explained this perfectly. He's like, basically you're, you're at a starting point and you're insecure. You're unhappy with your current situations. So you have two options. You can be insecure and strive towards success objectively, or you can be insecure and just give up. No one no one who is okay with themselves is going to want to give up because then they're still insecure, but now there's nothing to massage that. So they go from insecure and success or towards success. They achieve success. Now there's two more options where it's basically, okay. I'm stuck here, I'm, I'm successful, but I'm still insecure, I hate my life, uh, I don't wanna do what I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm, shame, I'm ashamed of everything, I'm not happy because all I've done is delay my happiness, that's all I know how to do. Mm -hmm. So now you're at a point where you're like, okay, well, what are my options? Is it to become secure and unsuccessful by giving up the thing? Because if you only know how to burn insecurity and shame as fuel, mm -hmm. that's all you have. And so what you need to do is you need to figure out how to detach from what you want to achieve and have the humility to kind of just be okay with things as they are. Because like you said, 
you don't need you've proven to yourself that you can do the work mm -hmm. and what's going to happen once you just allow yourself to be like oh i don't actually care if i'm successful is actually when you'll open up the mental bandwidth to actually choose success and because one thing that happens when we're like burned out is the creative and curious parts of our brain i'm forgetting which part of the brain that is mm -hmm. <laughs> you've been to grab salami but <laughs> The, uh, the curious and creative parts of our brain, we don't have access to those when we're burned out and when we're in that deep, shameful state. Mm -hmm. So then when you are out of that, what actually happens is you become more ambitious. You work even harder. Mm -hmm. You're driven by purpose. Like It's exciting to build your vision as opposed to using it to run away from your negative emotions. Mm. No, that, that's perfectly said, man. It, it's using that, using that you know, dark energy, per se, as fuel it's only meant to get you off the ground yeah because once you get off the ground it's you rely on the systems you have in place the feedback loops you develop as you do things because you know i i remember years ago like i i, always, I keep using like fitness and nutrition as an example because one is central to me but like it's something that people can understand because yeah, we all have straightforward yeah very straightforward we have to eat food we you know we all have physical health and I remember years ago, I never had a plan with food. Like, I just kind of winged it. I just made, oh, I have to eat. I'm hungry. So, and you know, and we, we all know how thing, and we all know how things go when, you know, it's time to go grocery shopping and you're starving. You buy the store. Yep. <laughs> you buy the whole store. And it's the same thing when you're starving and don't have a plan for food. You make bad decisions because you base it off of what tastes good or mm -hmm. what, what you think sounds good. But you know, over time I do meal prepping on Sundays and I have like two of my meals in the middle of the day. I eat the same like breakfast, but my two meals in the middle of the day, like I actually really like, I, and it's not a, I'm only eating this so I can lose weight. It's the food's nutritious. It tastes good. It fills me up. It keeps me on schedule. And you start to associate all of those benefits with the action and it reinforces it so much more like solidly than just the willpower of i hate myself this is what i need to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you hate yourself why on earth would you even want to succeed for yourself yeah you know who's going to enjoy that success if you don't like yourself a lot of that a lot of times it starts with um i don't want other people to view me this way yeah or you attach very tightly to an identity because you know, maybe, maybe people look at you and go, you're that guy, but deep down you're like, I'm not that guy. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a shame if to do all that work to get those outcomes and you don't feel like you're enough. That's the worst feeling. Like imagine doing all that, like getting in shape, making money. And at the end of it, you're not even self-aware to understand that you, those feelings, that feeling shame and humility will make you a useful idiot to someone with malicious intentions. Like I'm thinking of like the course creator space in particular, mm -hmm. where so many people want to make money so that they can pose as like high value men and all this weird stuff. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people are taking advantage of that desperation and that insecurity uh, to make money and become those people that they're going after get rich quick schemes. Mm -hmm. They're you know blowing all their money. Maybe they're married and that was like a significant portion of funds. Like, you just hear the craziest stories of, like, what people will do to try to get rich quick so that they can... What they're ultimately chasing is respect. Yep. And when you want shortcuts to something like respect, you're going to end up doing some crazy stuff. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've learned um, 
learned over the years, especially in the past couple of years, is the hardest respect to earn is your own. Because mm, you're with yourself all the time. You can't fool you. You can't fool you whatsoever. You you know that, you know, when people say, go back to like the losing weight example, <laughs> people like, there's so many people I talk to and they're like, oh yeah, I'm on, or I tell them like, yeah, I'm on a cut. I've done this. And they're like, yeah, I'm trying to lose weight. You know, it hasn't really happened. I'm like, you're not. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. <laughs> it doesn't just happen. You don't just snap your fingers. You won't accidentally happen. end up like a. Yeah, you're not. Back. You're not gonna be a bodybuilder. You're you're not gonna end up as Arnold or Ronnie Coleman or Chris Bumstead. You're not gonna snap your fingers and and there it is. Like you can when there's plausible deniability, you can lie to other people. Yeah. But you cannot lie to yourself. You know when you're going for the the bonbons and the the cookies. You 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 know that when you skip your gym sessions, like you know when that happens. Yeah. But when you're acting in congruence with the goals that you have you start to trust yourself a little bit more and then once you trust yourself you begin to respect yourself because you're you feel that you're someone worth respecting yeah and chris you know it's imagine like i think chris williamson made this uh observation he's like imagine you had a friend and every time you ask them to hang out they're like yeah i'll be there they never show up eventually you'd stop uh inviting them out and yeah. you, you wouldn't trust them you wouldn't like them and that's basically what you do to yourself whenever you say you're going to do something and you don't do it it's almost impossible like you said to lie to ourselves especially because like if you lie to yourself you know right away like that isn't true but yep. if you suppress it <laughs> who knows what kind of uh, issues that'll cause later on yeah and we think that if we just if we push it down we hide it that it's actually gone it's not it's not and it affects you Subconsciously, yeah. it absolutely affects you that trust I lacked trust in myself for so long because it was definitely, oh, I'm going to try to do this and I just never, like, I would do it for a little bit, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, now, I'm at a place where I keep proving to myself day after day after day, week after week, month after month, and now year after year um, that when I say I want to do something and I plan it out, I execute. So why wouldn't I believe myself when I have a new goal yeah. for the next endeavor and I have a new plan I'm going to execute it. And that trust, it's, you know, if you go to somebody for a service or a product or to get a result, you need to trust that they're going to deliver. And you need to trust yourself that way as well. Like if you go to the doctor, you know, you, you tore your ACL in your knee. You go to the doctor and the surgeon knowing you trust that they're going to get the job done yeah oh they better oh <laughs> they better exactly um so because of that you you go through with it you you know you submit to the process of this is what needs to happen for me to get that result you need to trust yourself and your process like that as well but that trust doesn't come overnight yeah i was actually talking to jamal on the way here mm -hmm. we were talking about something very similar to this where the vision is just being built right now as we speak mm. for all of us like the guys in the standard and it's yeah. like like for the first time i think ever that i could consciously recall i was just sitting there and i was like we have so much potential like as a group oh yeah like and, and he was saying like you don't see it until other people go first yeah where, you know because hafiz had the vision for the standard now all of us benefit we all have our own visions other mm -hmm. people see that they chip in they they have their own visions and it's kind of like what we're creating is uh 
it, it's it's very hard to very hard to explain to someone who doesn't know mm-hmm. but it's just like what what we're doing is we're basically you know trusting the process submitting to the process as it yields more results we continue to invest and then it just that's what you have to do with yourself and if you find yourself impatient or reckless um, or shameful you need to expand the time horizon and give yourself mm-hmm. the grace mm-hmm. that you will live a full life and mm-hmm. that success is a lagging indicator yeah that's why older older mentors and people who've done it yes. before are so important I I actually texted you about it the other day um, about how I was feeling I'm like yeah I want to accelerate things you know business wise and whatnot and I, I do but I, I called my uncle who's been in business for a long time and I told him about how I was feeling and whatnot. And he was just, um, he says, Stevie, and he calls, calls me Stevie. And um, he's like, you, you, when did you start? <laughs> when did you start? And I told him. Well, that's how you know you're about to get humble. Yeah. And he's like, you built, the foundation takes years. Like you, mm-hmm. it takes you're going to keep learning. You're going to keep growing. He's like, you've already improved immensely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's And you're a sponge for information. You're going to keep learning and you're going to keep... Because the way I am is I want, once I, I find... I love learning. Once I find something that I want to learn about, I learn like everything yeah. that I can learn about it, possibly. I will do... That's what I did with fitness. That's what I did with Madden. Like, I'll become like an almanac. And he said, you're going to do that with this. And then... You know, once you have more experience, then like, yeah, you can, if you can talk to people who like coach coaches yeah. and get, have different strategies, but you understand Bro. why they're doing the strategies. You understand why, what they're telling you to yep. do, why it works. And then because of that, you can then take it and make your adjustments. So when I played Madden, I, I scoured the internet, YouTube ebooks, um, Twitch, Twitter, um, other friends that I played. And I saw what they, everyone else was doing and took a lot of those concepts and found out the way that I could use them. But it wasn't, there's a distinction between, so a lot of people who do use the ebooks or Twitch streams and see what people were running, they would just run the plays because they ran the plays Mm -hmm. and set it up because this is the way they set it up. Mm -hmm. They didn't necessarily know why. And then if the defense adjusted like this to stop it, what you could do to do and what you could do to counter that. We called those play, we called them bots because they literally just did what the input was. So this is what they did. Yeah. And that's what the difference is between somebody who's just, Oh, I'm just going to follow what they said. But then once it stops working, yeah, there's so much embedded philosophy of why that works. Yes. And that foundation and that understanding is the basis and foundation for why you can take people's strategies, run the play, and then make adjustments to the play yeah. on the fly based off of what you're getting. And that's once it, when he when he was telling me that like you just gotta keep like you can do all that, but like mm-hmm. you need to learn still. Like you need to learn more. Cause we always, you know, we always want things right now. We always want yeah. to just get stuff right away but it doesn't if you really you got to play the long game like you said expand that time horizon and you know we 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 live in the moment a lot but as we get older and the years keep going Mm -hmm. you need to understand that god willing 
you're gonna live a long time like we're gonna live 50 more years we take care of ourselves and you yeah. know nothing terrible happens you need to plan for that and don't try to skip steps and rush because if you want to build something sustainable it's like building a sandcastle versus building a pyramid yeah. that building a sandcastle a really nice sandcastle takes a day yeah but it's gone because of a like a day of weather the yeah. pyramids have been here since thousands of thousands of years so i say that to all to, to all you listening is to say that i i'm going through a lot of this as well and Same. the things that i you know prescribe the, the, any advice or guidance that i give to anybody is i'm doing it myself and, and i'm learning learning the ins and outs as i go and that it takes time whether it be your mental health whether it be your physical health whether it be your relationships whether it be business whether it be anything professional or any area of life you got to build that foundation and you have to expand the it's always going to take longer than you think it's going to be harder than you think but you still got to get there and you have to be able to double down on the process trust in yourself that you're going to make it happen and then execute and then once you do that over a long enough period of time that lagging indicator of success is going to pop up so, out of nowhere out of nowhere i'm a testament and i'm out of nowhere <laughs> yeah and this is just one of the many out of nowhere instances that's going to happen in life because it is a long enough time horizon so yeah we had a uh, that was a great conversation and um appreciate you all for listening episode four and um yeah y'all have a good day